everyone. My name is Justin Waring. I'm an investment strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. I'm here today with my colleagues, Ainsley Carbone, who's our total wealth strategist, and Katie Williams, who's our discovery strategist. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about hyperbolic discounting. Discounting is the process of comparing the value of a dollar today versus a dollar in the future. So, for example, if I give you the choice between receiving $100 today and $100 tomorrow, you're probably going to choose the immediate payment. I'll need to raise tomorrow's payout offer to a higher number, something like $110 to incentivize you to wait. Uh, Perhaps the best way of explaining hyperbolic discounting is to use the phrase, it's my money and I need it now which was the slogan of a company that would offer to give people a lump sum payout instead of a uh, scheduled period of payments. So, for example, if you had a legal settlement that offered you $1,000 a month for the rest of your life or for a fixed period, this company would offer to give you all of, you know, some discounted value of all of that, those future cash flows today. So hyperbolic discounting is describing the, the, the bias of of prioritizing smaller and more immediate rewards over larger ones that we have to wait for. And so this power of prioritization has an impact on the way that we weigh decisions. Uh, And and one of the things that is interesting here is that this actually is more powerful over a short period of times than you would expect from uh, traditional economic theory. So obviously, if I have a dollar today, I can invest it and it will grow at some certain rate. So that's called exponential discounting. And that's a natural preference for money today, plus all the growth that money can give me into the future versus money in the future where I forego that growth. Hyperbolic discounting is the observation that my preference for immediate cash is actually more powerful than you can explain just by exponential growth. Um, in other words, we make better decisions when the lure of immediacy is taken away. And so one of the areas where we feel that hyperbolic discounting can be costly is social security claiming. So more than half of retirees claim social security before reaching full retirement age, which means they're locking in a permanent decrease to the size of this guaranteed lifetime income stream a very valuable asset for people going into retirement. In fact, only about 12% of Americans take advantage of what's called the delayed retirement credit, which boosts your lifetime Social Security income by as much as 24%, as long as you wait a few years beyond full retirement age to claim. So if people are offered the choice of receiving a smaller amount of money today or a larger amount in a year's time, most will choose the smaller amount. On the other hand, if people are offered a smaller amount in five years or a larger amount in six years, they're more likely to choose the larger payment and be rational. And so with this in mind, um, I want to pass it over to um, to Ainsley. Could you tell us uh, what are some other areas that we see hyperbolic discounting? Thanks, Justin. So we see many important decisions in our everyday lives that are affected by hyperbolic discounting, whether that's our finances, wellness, health, work, you name it. And one of the reasons why we should be aware of our hyperbolic discounting tendency is because it is linked to procrastination. So when we put off completing a task on our to-do list, we're essentially prioritizing the immediate gratification of not undergoing an unpleasant experience over the future reward of completing that task. 
Now, some of us are better than others about completing tasks in a timely manner, but even still, most of us would still benefit from having some level of awareness of this bias. So that way we can make sure that we're mitigating it as much as possible in our all areas of our life. So for instance, I have a bad habit. I used to have a bad habit of leaving dishes in the sink for days on end. However, once I started have once I started living on my own in my own place, I realized that waking up to a clean kitchen was a very nice feeling. So now every night when I go to bed or when I'm getting ready for bed, I realize that my future self 12 hours from now is going to be really happy if she wakes up to a clean kitchen. So every night before bed, I make sure that the kitchen and the, is clean and the dishes are put away. That's just one area in my life that I've found it a little bit easier to be aware of the hyperbolic discounting tendency and to address it. But another area is saving for retirement. And that is something that I think most people find it much more difficult to to avoid procrastinating because it is something that is not due for a very long time. Not only that, but we're not someone who has experienced retirement. We haven't experienced that reward of having enough money saved for retirement. So it makes it very difficult for us to empathize with our future self. So one area or one way that I've found that to be really helpful is through saving through a 401k. I'm someone who, if I have money in my checking account, I'm going to spend it. I know that's who I am. That's my nature. And that's not going to change. But one way that I can change that behavior or nudge that behavior is by saving in a 401k plan because it essentially takes that money out of my paycheck before it even hits my my checking account, before I have an opportunity to spend it. It automatically puts it into a place that I cannot touch it. So it is essentially this barrier that's going to make it harder for me or impossible for me to procrastinate on saving for the future. Now, that's just one area or a few areas that I've experienced hyperbolic discounting and procrastinating in my life. Like I said, I am a procrastinator, so I've definitely experienced it elsewhere. But Katie, I'd love to hear from you. What are what tips do you have for people when it comes to identifying this hyperbolic discounting in their own lives and and taking steps to mitigate the consequences that come from that tendency? So Ainsley, I'm a lot like you in that I will procrastinate and I'm actually you know, if I were to look at hyperbolic discounting in the lens of spending versus savings, I'm a spender every time, right? So one of the the most effective ways for me to change my mindset around that is having a plan. So if you think about it in terms of your finances, that's why we talk about having a financial plan and working with an advisor. And the reason this is so impactful is because, as you mentioned, right, they, we haven't experienced the benefit of a for, of a retirement fund because we're not there yet, right? We don't understand it. And part of that is because it's so big. It, it, if you're far off from retirement, it can seem so nebulous and so large. And so by having a plan and breaking it down into smaller bite-sized steps, it's going to help like you said, Ainsley, nudge you into the appropriate behavior. And so that's not, you know, you can do that for running a marathon, for everything to selling your company, right? Like, let's say you want to double your revenue to get a multiple so that you can be, so that you could sell your company for a particular transaction size. Well, you're not going to do that overnight, right? You have, you have actionable steps and a plan on how you're going to get there. So I think working with an advisor to create a plan is the best first step. 
Well, now, you know, now once you understand it and you have some empowerment and some ownership over the steps that it takes, Ava, you mentioned a nudge. And I call this controlling your environment. I like to get up. Well, I don't like to, but I try to get up early in the morning to work out. And if my alarm clock is next to my bed, I always shut it off and go back to sleep. If I move it across the room, I'm more likely to get up and do something. And that's, you know, prioritizing a long-term benefit of exercise and health over a short-term comfort of sleep. So anything you can do, and Ainsley, you mentioned your 401k. In my, I do something very similar where I, according to my plan, I have all of my savings taken out um, on the cycle of my paychecks. So that way, anything that's left in my account, I know I can spend it. And I know I can spend it without guilt or that cognitive dissonance of not knowing, am I saving enough? Am I doing the right thing? So I've removed that guilt, if you will, out of my, my environment. And then the third piece is, is an accountability partner, right? I find that when I'm talking with an advisor, it really helps to know that I have an accountability partner who's going to check in with me and say, how's it going? Have you done this? These are the things we talked about, right? I do this when I work out as well, whether it be a trainer or an online um, group that I check in with or that I talk about, you know, or I meet somebody to go for a run. These are the things that keep me accountable to what I said I want to do in those moments when I really don't want to do it. So I think it's a matter of understanding that behavioral change is hard and not to bite it off all at once and that to do it in smaller steps. So have a plan, shift your environment, and then find someone to be accountable to. I like the accountability partner idea. It's going back to your alarm clock example. Another another example would be if you moved the alarm clock into your children's room. Oh. If you didn't wake up on time, it went off there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that brave. That is a great example, having little kids. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, because I think sometimes the, the guilt and, like you said, the sort of the cognitive dissonance between your actions and who you decide that you are. So I am a person that wakes up early. I am a person who, who saves for retirement. Um, I'm a person who goes to the gym on Tuesdays. Um, when we identify these patterns, it helps us to achieve our goals in the long term because it's, it's just the, it's just the steps themselves are the most, you know, concrete part of achieving a goal. And so as we're approaching year end and New Year's resolutions, one one strategy that behavioral economists suggest for achieving a New Year's resolution is don't resolve to lose 30 pounds next year. Resolve to go to the gym twice a week. That's something that's measurable and concrete and you can achieve um you know, on an ongoing basis, even if that doesn't result in you losing 30 pounds at the end of next year, which by the way, you know, every day you haven't lost 30 pounds, you'll feel somewhere, somewhere in the back of your mind, you'll feel like you failed your goal. So if, if, if instead your goal is something that's achievable and repeatable throughout the year, it's just a lot easier to get that positive feedback. And at the end of the day, the hyperbolic discounting is part of this issue that we are not getting that positive feedback loop. As both of you mentioned, like saving for retirement is not going to immediately give me any satisfaction. <laughs> if anything, it's going to make me feel like I'm missing out on spending I could I could do today. Yeah, especially because saving for retirement is such a big goal. I mean, we've talked about this. It's it's 
okay, I need to save for retirement. Well, how much do I need to save? Where do I need to save? When do I start? Where do I invest that money? There are so many things. And I think going back to the the working with a financial advisor and having a financial plan, Katie, I think that's where they can they can help you identify those smaller steps that you can take in order to reach that big goal. And as you're taking those smaller steps along the way, I think it just helps helps build that motivation that you need and the momentum that you need to continue going, working towards that ultimately larger goal. The last thing that I would mention is um, one of the strategies that they've talked about in the research on hyperbolic discount is if you're having trouble hitting your savings goals today, um, it might be a good idea for you to commit one of, uh, a, to save a greater share of a future raise. So it's money that you don't have now, you don't feel entitled to, it's not part of your spending budget. Um, if you say, I'm going to save 50% of my next raise, that can be more successful than trying to cut your spending today to increase your savings rate today. So that's, that's another way to deal with hyperbolic discounting. Katie Ainsley, anything anything else you want to add? That's it for me. I definitely have a lot to think about as we head into the new year with my own resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I've, I've learned some interesting and been reminded of some tendencies I carry that I, I would like to address. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope you have a great day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.